Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Socks are the number one most requested item at homeless shelters. Underwear second and shirts are third. At Bombas, socks were first, made with comfortable details for everyday wearing. Then underwear and shirts too, all designed to perfectly fit. At Bombas, every item you purchase means you're donating an essential clothing item to someone in need. One comfortable clothing item for you, one donated to someone in need. Bombas, comfort for all. Get 20% off your purchase at bombas.com slash comfy. What grows in the forest? Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Britney Spears will finally break her silence and address the court in her conservatorship case. Billie Eilish is apologizing for a video containing an anti-Asian remark. And we're joined by Variety's Mark Malkin to talk Benefer 2.0 and the return of the Hollywood power couple. It's June 22nd, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Shyla Watson. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. Okay, so uh, apparently celery is trending on Twitter this morning. Um, I, I mean, I guess people are like sharing other things that they use celery with, like instead of just peanut butter, also jelly. But yeah. celery, yes, celery is one of my no-no foods. That is like, <laughs> I, I can't even be like in the same room with it. It's it's the smell for me. And everyone tells me that celery doesn't have a smell, but I swear it does. If it's even on my plate, I can't, I can't handle it. You know, I'm not at your hatred level of celery, but I can get behind that smell. Wait, I need to know what what else is on your no-no list? Oh, my God. Number two, lima beans. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) Never, never again. (laughs) Okay, let's round out the top three. What's number three? Um, I don't know. Off the top of my head, I, I'd have to come back to you. <laughs> okay, Those are okay. my two. So, so far, two green vegetables. <laughs> Which says a lot about me, so there you go. <laughs> okay, so it's been a long time coming, but Britney Spears will finally see her day in court. Well, you know, remotely. Back in 2008, Britney's father, Jamie Spears, was named the sole conservator of her person and co-conservator of her estate. Now, confidential court records obtained by the New York Times show that Britney expressed opposition to the conservatorship earlier than had previously been known. They also show that it restricted everything from whom she dated to the color of her kitchen cabinets. As early as 2014, in a hearing closed to the public, Spears's court-appointed lawyer said she wanted to look into removing her father as conservator due to his drinking, among other objections. A court investigator also wrote in a 2016 report that, quote, she articulated she feels the conservatorship has become an oppressive and controlling tool against her, going on to say that the system had too much control. The pop star will finally address the court directly during the highly anticipated case tomorrow, June 23rd. Oh, I mean, honestly, it's really hard to hear that she's been pushing for this since 2014 and probably way earlier than that, to be honest. 
Yeah, and just the idea that, you know, not only is your money and everything being and like your estate being controlled, but like something as minute as kitchen cabinets, it's it's just like every faction of your life that must feel especially like from your father, you know? Mm-hmm. It must have so deeply affected her. I mean, if you really think about it, you know, she hasn't been in control of her own life because of the media and the paparazzi. And now she's also not in control of the rest of her life because of her father. I mean, it truly is terrible. She was really pushed into, I mean, if you think about it, she was started at such a young age being in this industry, probably had to grow up, become an adult in this industry as a performer. And now that she actually is an adult, it's almost reverse. And she has like no actual real responsibilities that she's allowed to have, you know? Uh, Well, I think we're all going to be tuning in tomorrow to see how this goes. For sure. Okay, so moving on, Billie Eilish is, quote, appalled and embarrassed by a video that has just resurfaced on social media. The edited video compilation, which has spread all over TikTok, shows a 13-year-old Eilish mouthing an Asian racial slur used in Tyler, the Creator's 2011 song, Fish, as well as imitating various accents. Eilish addressed the video on her Instagram account saying, quote, I am appalled and embarrassed and want to barf that I ever mouthed along to that word. She goes on to say, regardless of my ignorance and age at the time, nothing excuses the fact that it was hurtful. And for that, I am sorry. Eilish also clarified that voices she made in the video are fictitious ones she made up as a, quote, silly gibberish voice she'd used when she was a kid. Okay, so not to excuse her behavior by any means, uh, but I like to think that, you know, she this video resurfaced from when she was 13 years old. Like, I was, you know, I mean... I was pleasant, I'd like to think, but still a 13-year-old makes mistakes. And I thought that this was a sincere apology and that she's learning. Once again, I always wish that celebrities would address these things before they resurface, so it's not reactionary. But but what can you do, you know? No, I mean, I like what you said, you know, it's about her learning. And I do have to say that as far as apologies goes, this young adult has done a better job than most people do. For sure. Moving on, since speculation about Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck getting back together began over a month ago, social media has been 2004 level excited. Then last week, the internet basically broke after a picture of the couple kissing went viral. It was all the confirmation the public needed. Benefer was a thing again, and just like that, we were all in. 17 years after breaking up, their relationship has yet again sparked an obsession among the masses. So what is it about Benefer's reunion that has everyone hooked? And why did we care so much in the first place? Here to talk more about it is Variety Senior Culture and Events Editor, Mark Malkin. Hi, Mark. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So, you know, I just want to dive right into the fascination behind celebrity couples. Ever since the early days of Hollywood and celebrity, people have always been super into, quote, famous couples. Why do you think that is? Like, in your opinion, what makes a union of two famous people all the more captivating? Money, glamour, drama, romance, fantasy, aspiration. Wow. Listen, I'm into all those things. (laughs) You can't see me, but I'm nodding my head (laughs) because that's like (laughs) literally how I feel. (laughs) But I mean, there is something like very unique, though, about Benefer in particular that changed everything in the early 2000s era. I mean, they were put under the microscope in a way we'd never really seen before. Why do you think that the public became so you know, enthralled and obsessed with these two originally? I was in the thick of it. 
at the time I was working at Us Weekly. So if you're going to know about these couples, work at Us Weekly. Um, <laughs> Noted. <laughs> there was so much glamour to it because of J-Lo. I don't know if she called herself J-Lo then. I can't remember. That, you know, this was Jenny from the block and she got... Benny from Massachusetts. <laughs> you know, this was an Oscar winner. You know, someone who was rising in Hollywood like no one else. There's few people in Hollywood who are more glamorous than Jennifer. You know, you're talking about the woman who shows up in an award show in, I mean, they called it a Versace dress, but it was more like a Versace swatch. <laughs> I mean, it was just, you know, it was a fabric sample. And Jennifer knows how to get attention. This sparked a new era of a celebrity couple obsession. I mean, we've got the Brad, Jen, Angelina triangle, Tom and Katie, Ashton and Demi. Can you talk to us a little bit about that time in culture and how power couples took on sort of a life of their own in the media? They took a life of their own because you have to remember, this was a time when the tabloids were the king of media. Mm-hmm. The tabloids fed this where they told paparazzi, if you get a shot of Ben and Jennifer or Brad and Angelina or the last shot of Jen and Brad, mm, we'll give yeah. you a million dollars. Wow. <laughs> Crazy. Guess what's going to happen? The paparazzi yeah. for three photos, that's a pretty good day rate. <laughs> I think that's what fueled it. You know, this was before social media. So a lot of people would, oh, it's social media. It wasn't. But it was a time when the proliferation of magazines and then, of course, blogs. So, you know, before there was Instagram, before there was Twitter, there were blogs that were being updated, you know, to, you know, the minute second of these people's lives. I mean, I will never forget... You know, Britney Spears is giving birth. And I remember getting a press release from a certain website or blog. They literally released that she was dilating. Oh, my wow. gosh. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a gay guy. <laughs> this is like, that. no, no. You know, yeah, say she entered the hospital and then say she gave birth. I don't to know what our contractions are, but yeah. that's how intense it got. That is wild because that was, you know, pre what social media is today. So the fact that like you were getting the updates like that really was a precursor for what was to come. Yeah, yeah, it really was. I mean, a lot of this was a precursor of what was to come. You know, as soon as the blogs hit, that was the ultimate precursor because they could update pretty much in real time. But, you know, there was the production end of it and you had a format and you had to do all the computer stuff that I don't know how to really do. But, you know, that was the, you know, the stepping stone to, okay, here's Twitter. You don't have to do anything. You just have to post it. Okay, so I want to now flash forward to almost two decades later, you know, and it's clear that people could not be more amused and excited at the idea of Benifer getting back together. But why? Is it the idea of a Hollywood fairy tale? Did we not get closure the first time? Why do we still care? Is it nostalgia? All of the above. <laughs> all of, you know, you, you've hit all of it. You know, it's nostalgia for certain people of a certain age. 
for some people of a certain age, they weren't around <laughs> the first time. <laughs> there's the glamour, there's the drama, there's the what brought them back together. You know, listen, I worked at the Daily News, I worked at New York Magazine, Us Weekly, Entertainment Tonight, The Insider, we're talking about the ultimate you know, gossip sources. And people would say, you know, how could you do that? Uh, your private lives. I'm like, I'm just doing what everyone does about their family and friends. But there's all the same drama that happens in real life to so-called regular people, but at a heightened level, obviously, because there's so much money involved. Jennifer and Ben, one day they're in Miami and the next day they're in like the South of France. Well, that happens because they don't need to make their plane reservations two weeks in advance to get the discount mm, on the plane nice. ticket. <laughs> they could just get on a private plane and be like, you know what? Let's go to the south of France. On that note, we'll be right back with more on Celebrity Power Couples with Mark Malkin. SheFit. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Have you ever felt depressed about work, only to have your dad be like, why are you so down? So you told him you hate your job, and he said, well, you better talk yourself out of it. And then you thought, hmm, I love to talk. I could host a podcast. And then you went to Spreaker from iHeart and started a podcast and got good at it, then monetized it, then quit your boring job, then told your dad, thanks for the advice. And he was like, well, that's not what I meant, and I don't understand what a podcast is, but you seem happy, so that's great, kiddo. You ever do that? Well, you could. At Spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Ask your dad. You actually don't. Raffi is the voice of some of the happiest songs of our generation. Baby Beluga. So who is the man behind Baby Beluga? Every human being wants to feel respected. When we start with young children, all good things can grow from there. I'm Chris Garcia, comedian, new dad, and host of Finding Raffi, a new podcast from iHeartRadio and Fatherly. Listen every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're talking with Variety's Mark Falcon about pop culture's long-standing obsession with celebrity power couples. Now, Benifer and the power couples of the past came before social media. You know, back then, like you mentioned earlier, the tabloids and paparazzi had a lot more power and celebrities seemed much more out of reach. You know, social media really changed what it means to be famous. So, do you see us ever truly having another Benefer type power couple again? Oh, for sure. No doubt about it. I mean, right now, listen, if Benefer walked on a red carpet today, mm, I lose my mind. <laughs> everyone will lose their mind. I've been on those carpets when those power couples come onto the carpet. Like, I can't even explain sometimes the craziness, the absolute overzealous enthusiasm. You know, now we're talking post-pandemic, will red carpets be as crazy as they were? And that's a whole other conversation. But, you know, when they start stepping out for the first time, the paparazzi, the the media, they're still going to go crazy. An example of that is, look at Paris Hilton. 
The other night, she stepped out at the Tribeca Film Festival with her new fiancé, and it was headline news everywhere. And he's not a celebrity. She obviously is, but he's not. So now imagine Bennifer. That's power. Yeah. I mean, you know, one instance that I thought of was just a couple of years ago. I think it was at the Oscars, maybe the SAGs. And there was that shot of Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt. And they're not even together anymore, but they just like had a conversation. He like grabbed her arm and they were talking backstage and the Internet lost its mind. I lost my mind. (laughs) The fascination with Jennifer, Brad slash Angelina, that I believe has there's been nothing like that. Benefer, the fascination is there. It's different. I worked at E! Online. If we did a story on Jennifer Aniston's new movie, she's starring in Adam Sandler's whatever, right? The comments would turn into, I hate her. She's so cold. I love Jennifer. Angelina's a homewrecker. Angelina's in love with Brad. She's good for... Like, no matter when people would mention Jennifer or Angelina or Brad, it would become a heated debate of Team Angelina or Team Jennifer. It was unreal. And I was there, I'm like, you don't know, this is insane. It truly goes beyond obsession and in a kind of way of like what you're saying, where it's so hard to put into words, like what makes us all act this way and respond this way and care so much. It's aspiration. Come on. You know, these are the most glamorous people in the world. And whether you hate them or love them, You care because you're watching some of the richest, most famous people have drama. Yeah, like with Meghan and Harry. You know, I woke up super early to watch that wedding. And I mean, I know they're royals, so it it might be a little bit different, but it's still people I don't know who are glamorous, who are famous, super wealthy. And and I just couldn't stop myself. (laughs) I'm I'm with you. I didn't wake up for William and Kate, but I did wake up for Harry and Meghan. (laughs) (laughs) And they're just... You know, listen, they're more relatable, whatever that means. You know, how can I relate to, you know, okay, you know, Harry has red hair. I used to have red hair. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like Megan's from L.A. I'm from L.A. (laughs) Right. Okay, so I have one final question. Has the idea of celebrity and power couples shifted for Gen Z? How do you see the next generation's view of celebrity changing things even more? I think it will change in the sense of like going back to, let's say, the Britney Spears story I said about her, you know, contractions and dilating and whatever else one does when they're giving birth. I don't think you're going to see that, you know, really scraping the bottom of the barrel. I think that has a lot to do with Time's Up, Me Too. I I just don't see the next generation caring like that and kind of being put off by that. Now I say that and watch tomorrow something will happen, but I just interviewed Paris Hilton and what happened to Paris Hilton, I don't think would happen again. Right. Exactly. You know, she was scrutinized beyond, you know, we could do the comparisons to Britney and so on and so forth. And we could talk about whether they wanted it and that they courted it and so on. That doesn't matter. I just don't think that treatment of a human being who hasn't, killed a puppy or done something bad to children will be tolerated like it used to be. I think that's the key of it being of it not being tolerated because yeah, it it might happen again. People are still awful, but now because of the speed of social media, there's going to be people that stand up immediately and say, no, we're not doing this. Yeah. That's exactly it. You know, because in the past, 
what I always say is like, it's so much easier to be negative than positive. It's very easy to just kind of shit on someone, right? And I felt like those voices were always the loudest to be heard. Quick question. Just talking about social media, I'm wondering now, like, how much do you think things have changed now that celebrities themselves are the ones sharing their personal lives on like Instagram or Twitter? It's a huge difference. That's where the tabloids and the paparazzi lost their control. Because if Jennifer Lopez could post a photo of her looking beyond gorgeous on a beach that seems to be very casual, you know, um, guess what? The paparazzi, they can't sell their photos. If you could just go to Instagram for free and grab the photo and see the photo, it goes back to sort of what Jennifer Aniston used to do. She used to wear the same cargo pants all the time because she knew that valued a paparazzi shot because she was in the same outfit. Mm. I think there's a train of thought there. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, I want to say thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I could really talk about celebrity couples forever. Well, you know what? We're going to be talking about celebrity couples forever. So just just so give me a go. ring. We can, keep, <laughs> we can keep going on and on. Um, so anytime. All right. That's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, celery is the worst. Abolish <laughs> celery. <laughs> and lima beans for just. Yes. <laughs> be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed coming to you daily. Peacock Streaming, the biggest live events from Super Bowl 56 to complete coverage of the Winter Olympics. It's all the unbelievable sports to love. Sign up now at PeacockTV.com. What grows in the forest? Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Robert Sex Reese, host of the Dr. Sex Reese Show. And every episode, I listen to people talk about their sex and intimacy issues. And yes, I despise every minute of it. I yeah. mean, she, she made mistakes too, right? That's I mean, true. She, she did she, kill everyone at her wedding. But hell is real. We're all trapped here, and there's nothing any of us can do about it. So join me, won't you? Listen to the Dr. Sex Reese Show every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.